What is up, everybody? It is a Tuesday night, and Tuesday night means one thing. It's time to crack open a garage beer and get to the Orion podcast. My name is Chad Brock. And I'm Zach Bailiff. Here we go. podcast of 2024 i'm already having all kinds of technical issues dude the volume right now is like a level 100 out of 100 in my ears push it back just a little bit or you want me to yell at it louder no it's not you the volume buttons on the phone won't raise or lower the volume so my normal headphones won't connect switch over to the airpods i think the mic's still working but we'll figure it out it's working. It sounds good. You sound good. If I'm probably deafening you, I'll try to be a little bit quieter. Don't sweat Got the it. New headphones. New headphones on my end. So yeah. that's new. New mm-hmm. exciting. Thanks. Thanks to my mom for these this elaborate Christmas <laughs> gift. She's like, "What do you want?" I'm like, "Hey, new headphones." Because yeah, I'll be honest with you, my last ones were trash. Yeah, those. I mean, those have been great, but uh, I don't. They're not connecting tonight so we'll figure it out we'll figure yeah, it out man, it's you've been in the heat of show season the ata show and all that fun stuff so you know yeah hey, we missed a few we we had had some good episodes and then christmas came and then i got sick and you were sick and then it was show season and here we are finally uh, yeah i was i was sick very briefly but everybody else in my briefly. house was sick for like two and a half months so or mm-hmm. it seemed at least it seemed like it so the cough no, never ended yeah no i uh i avoided the plague successfully i did have a stomach bug for like 36 hours but that was over quick and uh then off the ata i went for i was trying to figure it out how many shows i've actually been to i can't remember when my first one was if it was 13 or 14 mm, i want to say we went in 13 so this would have been my ninth because I did miss 2021. I got the got the Rona the day mm-hmm. the day the day before, and Nick was like, "I don't care, come on." And I I didn't. I uh, was not in driving shape at the time. So I believe our first ATA was 13. So yeah, that, 13, would, that would it's one of the two, 13 or 14. You're not far off. Yeah, it's one of the two. I can't remember if this was number nine or number ten, but it's. Uh, it's changed a lot. The landscape's changed a lot. It's not the same show it was. Yeah, that's uh, the case with a lot of the big shows, I think, is, um, you know. 2020, yeah, 20, I mean, tw- in 2021, a lot of the 
a lot of the manufacturers didn't go and their sales did not go down. In fact, for a lot of them, they increased and they realized, hey, we don't need to invest $100,000, Blow the budget out. dollars $500,000 in this show. Mm We hmm can put that marketing budget somewhere else. And excuse me, I think it's, uh, I think it's played very well for him. So I think until, Yeah, I mean, that's for a lot of people. yeah, until the organization as a whole does something, you know, pretty cool for the manufacturers to incentivize them to come in. Um, I think the show will probably continue to get smaller and a lot of the guys are even cool if it gets combined with shot show, which I personally think would be pretty fun. Um, that's a, you know, a massive show and it's going on this week out in Vegas. Not that I want to go to Vegas, but I think Shot Show as an atmosphere would be pretty cool. A Vegas Um, show is wild. That was my first iCast was Vegas. And yeah. yeah, everybody needs to go to Vegas for a show one time. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's only one or two things that would take me to Vegas. That's just not my not my spot. But Mm. the uh, what was cool was the, you know, the dealers were pumped we were all there and they were, you know, out in full force looking to bring some new products into the shop and everything we had was well received and should be a, a really good year for for the two companies And that I was there helping. with show season, it's good to get out and see old friends and start talking to people. It gets you fired up, especially after you've had that gap from Thanksgiving through Christmas and New Year's for a lot of us. That's just kind of like a dead time where we don't see a lot of people and it's all more family oriented and different things like that. So kind of get to the middle to the end of January and these shows start kicking off, man. It's kind of nice. It's kind of like you get to see the, you see the people. Get you out of the house on all these gray, gloomy, cold, nasty days. And yeah, it's, I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of the guys we see at shows like that, we may see once, maybe twice a year. And it's, uh, you know, it's tough to get out of the booth at times, but that last day it, it slows down usually and you get to slip out and get around and catch up with everybody or go out and have dinner and, and things like that. And it's, you know, it's also, And you can forget I mean, how much you don't talk to people when you have to start talking to that many people at one time. It's like, Dude, my voice was shot after day one. I feel you. I was I was horse starting to get horse after day one and just pounded the water and electrolytes and the vitamins and avoided the show cred, which was good. I didn't get sick when I got back, so I was thankful for that. That's the main thing when you come home from a show these days. Uh, shaking a lot of hands, just being in close proximity with a lot of people and just talking nonstop. It just it wears the batteries down. So Oh We man, got to, and it does it fast. yeah, well, we were, we were hitting hard morning workouts and got over to first form on Friday, which was a lot of fun. Uh, that headquarters is, it's a spectacle, It looked spectacular. man. It's It a looked spectacle. spectacular. That place is It looked like world-class. looked like Jake was picking you guys through the ringer as well. He ran some guys through a group workout. I had a little crew with me and I ran them through a, a pretty serious upper body day. So that was fun, but. Look good. That was actually one thing I, I meant to talk to you about. And we never did make it there. We was on So other the, subjects pretty quick. yeah, one of the, one of the, this, the really cool takeaways from that whole visit was it was a 180,000 square foot facility and they do not have a cleaning crew that takes care of it. Uh -huh. Wow. That is company culture. Leave it better than you found it. Everybody's responsible for their own space. And that place was spotless. Can't be mad at that. My OCD was really liking the way that gym looked. Every logo was perfectly vertical. All the weights were put back where they were supposed to be. It was beautiful.
Well, it's like my Jackson Kayak sign that's back here. You know, that I've actually got the Jackson Kayak, like the wording lined up so it's level. I believe it. I'm actually, I've actually gotten heat over that because the wording is level. But and the logo is not supposed to yeah. be an angle. Yeah. Yeah. But I, no. it bothers me more if I look back there and see the words are at an angle. So yeah, it's no, I get that for sure. Nick I'm and I were having it. a, we were having a heck of a time setting up the booth because things weren't as parallel and square and straight as we would have liked them. Yeah, gotta love show booths, man. But uh, we're gonna rattle off a few. Uh, thank a few people here before we bring our guests on or people that make this happen for us. Obviously, Orion Coolers. Want to give a big shout out to them. Check out uh, the website, um, jacksonkayak.com. Head over to the Ryland Coolers portion. You can get you a little bit of a discount. Orion Rocks at jacksonkayak.com in the checkout. And uh, get yourself a little Orion swag. Get some accessories. Get you a cooler. You need a new cooler. Summertime will be here, even though it's a deep freeze for a lot of people. Over the past two weeks, you're going to need a cooler eventually, so you might as well buy one now. <clears throat> um Second up, Jackson Kayak, jacksonkayak.com again. Go over there, pick you out a new kayak, browse them, show season, show season. Head out to your nearest show, find your local JK dealer, talk kayaks, talk shop with some folks. Um, talk about all the brands, see which brand's going to fit you the best. We'd love to see any of Jackson, but, you know, hey, there's there's a butt for every seat in the kayak in the kayak world. So get out there, try them out, and see, what, uh, see which one fits you best. Um, Z-Pro Lithium. Got to thank those guys keeping me and Zach powered up <clears throat> throughout 23 and 24 now. So, got a, we got a stack of Z-Pro Lithium batteries. We just, it's time, man. We just I need told, to I, I, I told you what I want to do with them. <clears throat> I don't know how good it'd look with a 100 amp hour battery out there, though. Squirrels might enjoy that a little too much. I just, I just need like a 15 amp hour, just a little one. We don't have anything that small at the moment. We can work yeah, on it, though. We need to work on it. We work on it. We'll work on it. Um, let's see. Oh, man, Casking. Casking. We cannot forget Casking. They've kept us casting two years in a row now, and uh, we're grateful for those guys in the Orion podcast. Uh, really looking forward to uh, getting into some biggins with those rods and reels here this coming spring. Um, of all fishing, uh, check those guys out. Well, we've got a we've got a code for them too. Of all fishing, fifteen percent off if you like the cool new rod sleeves if you're uh, follow me on instagram you can see the rod sleeves what they're about i just posted a little video on those uh 15 off jkt 15 will get you hooked up with the evolve rod sleeves and then a little uh, little collaboration for me and uh the good folks at garage beer with our orion coolers i'm excited to have them on it's a beer flavored beer um yeah, hit those up. If Richard Rawlings from Gas Monkey Garage likes it, I mean, it can't be bad. I'm just saying. I'm just, just saying. I, I was just laughing because you said beer-flavored beer. <laughs> it is. That's what it says on the can. I'll send you a picture later. It's beer-flavored beer, and the garage is always open. It's beer-flavored beer. What more do you want? I mean, it's beer, and it tastes like beer. It's actually really good. Um, for those of you guys that have not tried it, um, it's four percenter, ninety-five calories. It is a classic small batch light beer. Uh, these guys are out of Ohio, and they are getting big fast. Like I said, helper Richard Rawlings and and some other influencers out there have been uh, 
been pumping this thing up and it has literally went from zero to 60 uh pretty quick so if, if you like beer flavored beer they've got the lime flavor we're doing lime tonight um or they've got regular uh light beers so check those guys out drinkgaragebeer.com find them you'll be happy you did beer flavored beer i would you i know? mean you said you got lime tonight so i would have assumed lime flavored beer but it's just beer flavored beer <laughs> yeah beer flavor no this one says beer flavored beer with lime oh okay. my bad it's the other can that says beer flavored beer and there's a basketball go hoop in a garage. It's like you're at the, that '70s show on the cane. It's like you're any any house in the back country in Indiana. Yeah, in Indiana, except the beer's made in Ohio. Don't judge us, Indiana. We're sorry. Somebody from Indiana called. It's just where it's at. Well, we've got a. This is kind of like a part two tonight. <clears throat> we had a lot of fun with this dude when he was on the first time, and since then he has like had new accolades come into fruition and some of the stuff we talked about in the previous episode. And now it's like, it's here. So we want to welcome back the Basquatch Hunter. Mr. Mike, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Man, it's good to have you back. Yeah. It's good to be back. You know that? It's going to be warm right now. I've been outside getting rained on all day today, ice fishing. So (laughs) it's nice to be warm. It's just nice to be warm, period, in the Midwest right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, from the Midwest clear down to Texas, it's nice to be warm, I'm sure. They were still well, complaining about single digits down in Tennessee today on the radio, and I was like, hmm. We've had to, weird weather, well, but like last yeah. year we only had three days of safe ice. So like I don't want to complain about it this year because uh-huh. we've had like a full week of safe ice this week so far. Knock on wood, we have more, but it's supposed to be like in the fifties next week, and we're probably gonna lose all yeah. of it. So I can't really complain about the cold. It was just miserable getting rained on the entire time I was ice fishing today. Yeah. I think uh, we're looking at a big, what everybody's saying, we're looking at a big sweep of warm weather coming through. Yeah. It's almost got a guy wondering, like, is the boat going to have to hit the water in February? We've done it. We've done it before. <laughs> we've done it a couple times. Last year, first fish was in February. So, yeah. Hey. Yeah. I keep my kayaks ready all year round because I never know. You know, in Michigan, we could have open open water in two weeks. And, uh, and if we do, I'll go out for walleye and trout and, you know, I'll do, I'll do open water, cold water all day up here. And, and that's kind of the cool thing too, is people forget like one of the best fishermen, you know, arguably the best fisherman in the history of fishing. Um, Kevin Van Dam is from Michigan and he's one of the best cold water fishermen for a reason, because we have cold water, open water fishing, like seven months out of the year. <laughs> you know, yeah, we have, right. we have lakes that are always cold water up here. So, right. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's you got two of the best fishermen. I, I'm gonna put Zona in there too because he's a pretty bad dude. Yeah, so and it, well, especially for cold water. So him and Kevin are really good buddies. They live right by each other. They're both from the west side, and they both have Lake Michigan like in their backyard. So like, th- like their bread and butter is finding fish in cold water temps, which is one of the hardest things for anyone to do nationwide is to figure yeah. out bass behavior in the cold water temps. So like learning from mm-hmm. those dudes is like. You know, I got super lucky to be around uh, at least one of them around Kevin for a long time before I got into this career. And I, you know, 
not to like fanboy out or anything, but like I credit like any skill that I actually have. A lot of it is because of things that I've I've learned from listening to him talk. Uh, he's just such a smart dude. I've always said he was like the engineer of fishing and Mark is like the personality of fishing. Like they're two total opposite sides of the spectrum. Like Kevin doesn't have the personality Mark has, but Mark doesn't have like the engineer mentality to break down the science of fishing like Kevin does either. Yeah. No, I think there's a lot of us that have sat around and spent many of our listening to Kevin talk on either YouTube <laughs> videos or TV shows. Or Oh, absolutely. That, well, just wait till you guys actually... see what he, uh, he's announcing something very soon, I hope, because that's killing me that I know what it is. But um, he's got something really big in the works right now um, since he is officially retiring. So, um, And I think it's going to be beneficial, more beneficial, I should say, to the sport and everybody in it and everybody that comes into it. Um, I think it's going to be a very uh, – I'm very, very excited for him. He's scared and nervous about it, which makes me laugh that he would be scared of something to do in this industry. But right. um, I, I think that his next ste- his next step of the journey of his journey is probably going to be one of the most impactful in the sport in a very long time since since Bill Dance. That's a great. It's a great role for somebody like him, especially to step mm-hmm. into because he's been around for so long, and, and you know he's he's gained so much from the sport itself. He's he's the perfect one to kind of step in with the knowledge and the experience he has to give back. So absolutely. Well, and that's like I mean you're I mean you're talking about like you're retiring, and this one thing is all you've done and all you've known for so long, and it's like it would be scary for any of us. I would like to think that, you know, a lot of us accept that challenge, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's a scary process to go through. I would think. Yeah. Well, he's staying in the industry. He's just doing something a little, uh, in my, like in my opinion, more beneficial, like being a tournament angler is obviously very beneficial to the sport, but I look at it as, um, you know, when I came into this industry, I was, I was chasing the tournament path at first, um, because mm-hmm. that's, that's what everyone sees, you know? Um, yeah. And honestly, ironically enough to stay on topic here too, because of a conversation I had with him back in 2013, um, I was lucky enough to fish on a boat with him a couple of times in a few different charity tournaments we did up here. And he said something, and I actually mentioned this to him the other day um, when I saw him at the Ultimate Fishing Show, and he didn't remember this conversation, but I had to remind him of it because I knew that it didn't make an impact on him the way it did on me. But he made one little comment about how, if he had to buy all of his own fishing gear and pay for his own tournaments, he never would be able to afford to fish. And that's when me and him talked about how he markets and promotes and how he does everything that people don't see, like all the behind the scenes stuff, the branding. Um, and I worked with him and his wife on his branding and, and his merch back then. So like, I knew, I knew how much he did in apparel and books and VHS tapes back then and all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, I get it now. Like, you do this to get your name out there, but you do this to make a living. Like totally understand how this dynamic works. And I never knew that beforehand. So that was kind of what helped me launch my career the way I did. Like, I, I feel like I, I feel like I rose pretty quickly um, in the kayak industry for not really being a kayak fisherman before that. Um, and, and it was just because I, I kind of saw my path already. Like I knew how to navigate, like I wasn't trying to make a living doing tournaments because I knew that didn't exist. I knew that wasn't, it's still not something that's viable yet in the sport. Um, but I knew all these different avenues as far as marketing and promotion and how to build the brand and how that worked. Um, so it was kind of supplying it into a new industry. And, and part of it was because that conversation I had with Kevin where, you know, he sat down one day and explained it to me and, you know, like you don't realize like Tiger Woods doesn't, he, he loses more than he wins, you know? So Mm -hmm. like, if you think about it, like think about entering a $20,000 event and spending weeks preparing and the travel and the lodging and all the stuff. And then you lose 
Like, let's say yeah. you walk away with $3,000. Like you just lost like probably 25, 30 grand plus the time you're away from all your other stuff. So like you can't sustain that. Like it's not possible to sustain that. So learning how to, what I call spider marketing, where you have like eight legs of marketing out there. So if one of them doesn't work out, like you don't win tournaments, then you have seven other legs that are still running for you. Um, or if two of them break, then you still have, you know, six other legs or there's still there there's always something working that way you know it's very unlikely all eight legs break at the same time as long as you got one leg moving you're still going forward just might be slower um right. and, and that's kind of what he started doing so now that he's retiring from competitive fishing he's not retiring from the industry um what he's doing next is i, I think going to be like i said probably one of the most impactful things in bass fishing since bill dance um, because Bill oh, Dance did the same thing. I, most people don't realize that Bill Dance was a tournament angler at one point. Oh, yeah. um, and I mean he was like the tournament angler. Um yeah. Yeah. like the first of a lot of things in tournaments. And uh he became a personality because he really hmm. he could make a bigger impact at that route than he could tournament fishing the rest of his life. And now we all know Bill Dance outdoors, you know, fifty what's fifty seven years on the air or something, like just something Jeez. absolutely insane. Yeah. And the dude films over two hundred and fifty days a year still, saltwater and freshwater. And he's like 84 years old. It just, it's like such a crazy milestone to be able to hit. It's insane. Have you, yeah. Have you ever unreal. listened to the podcast with um, <clears throat> Tom Rowland and Bill Dance? It is probably one of my favorite podcasts that I've ever listened to all time. That sounds it's like just, it would be, yeah. Whose show was that on? It's good. Um, it was on Tom Rowland's. The, uh, what was, what's his called? Gosh, can't even remember what Tom Rowland's podcast is. Every now and then I have to go back and listen to it. Yeah, I'll have to go listen to that one. Saltwater yeah, Experience, definitely. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, Bill's big in the saltwater now. Yeah. Saltwater Experience, Tom Rowland Podcast. It's all he's the host of the Saltwater Experience TV show, and then Tom Rowland Podcast is his podcast. But very cool podcast with Bill Dance. If anybody ever gets a chance, go check that out. It it is worth your listening here and Bill talk about like the old days with him and Johnny and getting started and stuff. It, it was a it's a daggone good listen. I bet the one yeah. that uh where Dale on Dale Jr.'s podcast, the the Dale Jr. download, he had Johnny Morris on a while back and talking about how Bass Pro got started and and all that selling selling lures out of his dad's liquor store and stuff like that. That was that was a really interesting one too. Kind of hearing how that all came about. You know, I don't know if this is a hundred percent accurate, but my favorite Bill Dance story, um, like impact wise that I've heard, and I heard this secondhand, so I don't know. I, I didn't hear it from Bill himself. Um, well, he brought it up actually, but someone finished it, so I don't know if it's accurate. So if it's wrong, don't quote me on it. Um, so he invent or he named um, Strike King Lure Company. Um, and it wasn't called strike King. It was called striking like one word. Um, and then when it sold, then they couldn't use the same name. So they separated it to strike King is what happened. So like, that's how far back bill goes. Like, I mean, like, I don't oh, yeah. remember, like there wasn't a time in my lifetime where I don't remember strike King being yeah. a brand. So like to think that he was the one that came up with the name and it was striking lures and it was all like the whole mm. thing. It's like, man, like that dude was making it impact on fishing things that you people like had no idea like the things that he's been involved in or had his hand in it's just absolutely insane well and then not only bill but you've got you know obviously johnny but you've got al Ender, roland oh, yeah. yep. roland martin and then jimmy oh, houston yeah. i mean 
So in in your line of of where you're at, which one of those guys do you which one of those guys do you pull from like as far as like this is this is the guy, this is my inspiration. Bill Dance 100%. Like his his hat was right there for a reason. Um he he gave me that mm. like four or five years ago and he wrote Mike let's go fishing on it and wrote it on there and I put it right there and it hasn't been moved um, because that reminds me all the time Um, my family doesn't fish Um, like my parents don't fish my friends didn't fish when I was a kid and I grew up around lakes my whole life and uh, my motivation to fish when I was a kid is because Bill Dance made it look fun Um, I I can't and I guarantee I challenge anybody to tell me one fish that Bill Dance caught like one memorable fish and most people can't but I ask you one memorable blooper he had. Someone's got a story. Everyone remembers, the <laughs> oh. or the, you know, the battery that he missed the boat and fell in the lake with, or, I mean, he backed his truck into the water too fast and he flew out of the boat. Um, like everyone remembers the entertainment of bill dance. And that's when I was a kid, I don't, I don't, I can't even tell you any fish that I caught when I was a kid. There's pictures of me from ages five until, you know, now obviously with fish but I can't remember any of my fish catches when I was a kid, but I can tell you a hundred percent. I remember watching bill dance. And then I remember getting a rowboat and going on a lake and going fishing with my friends. I remember taking uh, the canoe that my, my old neighbor gave me before he passed away when I was a kid. And I take the canoe out and go fishing, but I don't know if I caught fish or I don't care if I caught fish or not. Like I remember the adventures and the experience of it. And that's what made me want to fish for a living in general was that I saw how much fun it was. I saw the entertainment of it. I saw firsthand what it could do for someone's um, mental health just to get out on the water, even if it's by yourself, even if none of your friends do it, you don't need your family to do it. It's, it's almost like it's almost better if you can do it by yourself, um, like any kind of therapeutic thing. So you're not dependent on anybody. And Bill, I think, hands down, I mean, there, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have fishing as we know it today if it wasn't for what he's done. And I, you know, I told his daughter at ICAST, I think four years ago, I told her, I said, Hey, look around. And I said, see all of this. I'm like, this is because of him. I'm like, there wouldn't be an ICAST. If it was, there wouldn't be a bass association. There wouldn't be like all these things literally wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for, you know, the ringleader that was promoting it and making people want to do it. And bill dance was literally the forefront of that. Um, so if I had a path, um, I mean, I don't ever want to put my name in the same ring as him, but um, you know, if I had to pick one path to follow, like one, one goal that is so unattainable and so unreachable that it feels weird to even say it's a goal, but I would love one day to be able to make this much of an impact compared to what he's done. If I could have a fraction of the impact on the sport or on the uh, on society as a whole, you know, as he has, then that would be absolutely incredible. But although Jimmy Houston is like the Ric Flair of fishing, so like he does have, oh, have that too. Like, you know, yeah. he had the same haircut at least. Yeah, for sure. No, we were talking here a while back because we saw, I think it was a, it was a reel or something on Instagram, but it had a bunch of Bill Dance bloopers in it. And we were like, can you imagine if YouTube had been around oh, anywhere yeah, near, anywhere near the beginning for him? Like he'd be, He'd been the first viral video on YouTube history. He'd be 15, 20 times as big as he is. I mean, at this point, yeah, he would have been viral for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he would have caught this whole young generation that is nothing but YouTube. I mean, you think about it, 
a lot of us had to wait till Saturday morning to watch Bill or Bassmaster or whatever was on. And in Fisherman for Al's case. But you think about that and you look back, man, if like that niche of having everything right there at your palm would have been available back when those guys were young. Holy cow. It's hard telling what it would look like now. Absolutely. I mean, I'm kind of grateful that it it didn't do that though, too, at the same time, you know, because I feel like the purity of, of fishing, um, the same thing with hunting. I mean, I, I mean, all the outdoors, um, I, I think part of the purity of all the outdoors and the nature and everything started because it was the 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings. You know, it was like same thing with like, you know, I don't know if, don't know if you guys are like wrestling fans, but like when I was a kid, I was a huge like WWF wrestling. Um, and that was on at like midnight. That was on in the middle of the night. That was on like because there, there, there didn't used to be a 24 hour news cycle. So there was nothing on TV between like, I don't know, but like midnight till like 8 a.m. So they just aired like wrestling. Like that was what was on all the time. So that's when I watched like all my heroes back then, you know, I got to watch the Bushwhackers and, you know, Hurricane Kid and all those guys. Um, and it's the same thing with outdoors. It's like you like had to almost you had to like know it was like a secret club. Like you had to know Saturday mornings when it was on. Mm-hmm. So if you missed it, you couldn't watch it again. There was no on demand or there was no streaming back then or anything. So like you had to know it was there to specifically watch it. So you felt like it was you're part of like this little thing i think that's why everyone feels so close like bill dance has a nickname uncle bill like everyone calls him uncle bill because he's like part of your family he was in your household every saturday morning for 50 something years and i feel like that's how that happened and that's the purity of that is because it's like you almost had to know it was already there to be able to know it was there and it wasn't just available to everyone and anybody you know i I like that part of it a lot yeah yeah absolutely um I don't know if Zach's seen this or not. Cameron Haynes' latest podcast that uh, him and uh, Clay Newcomb have been talking, and it's they're kind of referencing a lot of these things. Um, you know, they talk a lot about Michael Jordan and everybody from our age group <clears throat> wanted to be Michael Jordan back in the day. You know, if you stepped on a on a basketball court, they wanted to be Michael Jordan, and you know, with some of the modern advancements in technology, with like social and the television market that, you know, Bill helped create for even things like Bassmaster and stuff like that. There's a whole group of kids, especially now um, through high school fishing and college fishing that they want to be Kevin. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's pretty, they want to be Polinick. They want to be Kevin. They want to be Gerald. They want to be, you know, they have like such a fan base that they never had before. And I think, you know, when you look back at it, it's all, it's all because of Bill that, kids like us got a chance to grow up and kids today are getting an even bigger chance um, to want to carry through that dream. Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's been cool to see that, you know, obviously when we were that age, there were a lot fewer iconic, you know, players in the, in those realms for us. And I think a lot of it just had to do with the, you know the availability right like we watched the mm-hmm. game when it was on if you missed it you missed it you might catch a clip on the news but that was it and yeah. now i mean the you know the highlights are non-stop between games on social and you know players accounts and and things of that nature so you know kids have access to a lot more of it now than you know we ever did um yeah, you know, that's what we think about if we weren't if we weren't watching the game, I mean, you know, T-shirts and we might have yeah. a, a video game on the Sega or something like that. But that was about it. 
But if you didn't watch the game then, I mean, you freaking missed it. It was gone. It was over. Yeah. There was no going back. So, I mean, yeah. the fact that things live on now is, is very cool. And, it, you know, it's one day we won't have our Bill Dances, Roland Martins, and, you know, all these these icons that have carried us through. And, you know, there's going to be, thanks to YouTube and video and the Internet age, these guys are going to live on, I think, for a really long time. Yeah. So I just, that's been I just, one thing that was go ahead. Sorry. That's been one thing that was cool too about I, I'd mentioned the the Dale Jr. download, but he had Hank Parker on a while back and he was you mm-hmm. know, Hank was telling a lot of stories about him and Dale when they go the- when they'd go hunt and fish and, and you know, things that Dale had told Hank that Junior had never heard in his life. You know, mm-hmm. about things that his dad had said about him and stuff <laughs> that he he had never heard and Hank had you know, Hank had stories like that and you know, that was really Really cool because I mean, senior Dale Senior was not one that you know a lot of people knew a whole lot about. No, other than what really. he, other than what he did on the racetrack. Yeah, they they really didn't know him, know him. No, no, very few did. So I googled who had the first bass fishing show because I was just curious. I was like, I wonder if Bill Dance was the first. Um, yeah. So everything that comes up, it's all Ray Scott, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Ray Scott was the first, it was the first televised um, bass fishing event. Um, and on the cover of the 1974 Bassmaster video, it's Bill Dance. <laughs> so like, awesome. I mean, I mean like literally like Bill, it just, it blows my mind. Like when you start researching any historical fishing, like bass fishing, I should say, um, any historical bass fishing brand or um, organization, you'll see a picture of Bill Dance eventually on some, one of them, something like that dude was just it's like we see where kevin van dam is nowadays too but you think about you know like you were saying like social media and tv and bass pro shops Um, bass pro shops Mm -hmm. was a big platform to be able to catapult like i have vhs tapes and dvds still that are the bass pros dvds Um, oh yeah i got a stack of them over here yeah and those are awesome i used to watch those like religiously um Mm -hmm. volume three was kevin van dam actually because i still that's what i watch most um but that was a huge platform. Like Bill had that, that plat- none of that existed. Like there was no mm-hmm. Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop, you know, like big mecca bass fishing stores like that at the time. There was no like if you look at his old like vest that he wore with his patches on it and stuff, it was like you know mom and pop shops and stuff yeah. like that. Like and like mm-hmm. his boat decals were like like hand painted lettering of like you know what bait shops were around kind of thing. Like it was just, <laughs> it's such a cool like it's such a cool thing, man. Like and to think of where we are today, to think that like we're at a place now where you know, bass fishing is at a point where, you know, someone like me could quit my job and make a career out of it. Even like that, yeah. that none of that will exist yeah. if it wasn't for like so many people, like not just Bill, not just Kevin, not just, you know, Jordan Lee and Houston and like out, oh, there's such a variety of people that had to build these stepping stones for people like me and, and people who come after me to be able to even look at this and be like, okay, there is something, there is like a big enough industry to have a career, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> crazy man mentioning those it's old impressive. boats and sponsors and stuff like that how cool would it be with with some of the cool graphic artists that are out there now if somebody just had their boat all done by hand instead of all hand oh my god that'd be so cool that'd be so sick it'd be a cherry that's for sure yeah until you okay. until you scrape across something it all comes off on the side of a river you know? <laughs> yeah. that's or, the one thing like i gotta sell it I like yeah. I, I, everyone always asks me like why don't you wrap your kayaks i'm like I, have you seen my kayaks like they wouldn't it wouldn't a wrap wouldn't last more than like a, a month like there's no way 
I because, like the whole side of it would get scraped off. Because oh. we like we like skinny water. That's why we fish in yep. plastic boats. And I beat skinny water, and I just do dumb stuff. Yeah. Well, that I remind people too. Like my kayaks get broken so much more than people think because I take out beginners. Like my show, yeah. my show is based around getting someone in their first time in a kayak. So like. Mm-hmm. You know, they run into everything. They, you know, break stuff. They overturn things. They turn things the wrong direction. Like things get broken so often in my kayaks. I mean, my rudder cables break constantly because people just overturn and just try to like crank it and think it'll turn further. And like I I break handles off. I like the side of my kayaks get gouges on them because people don't realize like, hey, if you go go up against this tree or go up against this metal pole that's sitting in the water, they just bump into it and like, oh, it's plastic. Like people are thinking like, you know, yeah. I kayaks are usually like, you know, big box store, you know, cheap kayaks. And they just, right. beat them up and, you know, no second yeah. thought. Like these kayaks aren't like that, you know? So like mine get beat up so bad. Yeah, no, that's, you know, I mean, things that you learn just by doing and a lot of folks haven't. So they just don't know lack of knowledge. I Absolutely. I dragged my Kusa X across the, driveway the first day i took it out (laughs) just you know it's just like i'm gonna use it and we're here to test these boats so i just drug it i drug it to the truck threw it in the truck and then i drug it down the boat ramp it happens i sell mine every every year or so so like i try to baby as much as i can because i won't sell a kayak like i've got two kayaks in my backyard that they still float, but I wouldn't give them to anybody for free even because I just don't trust it. Yeah. Like, too many issues where I'm like, eh, that's yeah. a little thin over there. Or that hole isn't really fixable or I patched it and the patch isn't like not a spot where you want to patch like a sidewall of a tire kind of thing where you're like, you can patch it, but <laughs> I wouldn't trust it. You know? So like I, I baby my kayaks the best I can because even babying them, I lose at least one a year like that, like where I just can't do anything with it where it's like scrap. Right, um, right. Or it becomes like, you know, my buddy's kayak when he comes out with us and it's like controllable. Um, but like to use it in the show, I have to make sure it's a hundred percent solid. Um, and oh, then yeah. I, try, I try to get rid of them every year because I get new ones every couple of years. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's hard to baby them. It's, I mean, I, just like you said, like, I like to use them, you know, I like to be yeah. rough with them. I like to drag them over stuff. I like to, you know, I like to abuse all my gear. Like I, I use my fishing rods the wrong way. Plenty of times. Um, I, I purposely push gear to its limit because I just, you know, we all, we, we work with brands directly. So I want to know where limits are and I want to be able to get feedback. You got hey, to have something to push off a log with. Yeah. That's what fishing rods are for. Right. That's why they make yeah. medium heavies. Yeah. No, I, I do keep my my big water boats. I keep them pretty good. I I will honestly admit I clean those every time they go out and try to, you know, put the put the Lucas Oil wax on them and keep them shined up. But uh, my Kusa X and I have a completely different relationship. <laughs> <laughs> We're, uh, she still looks good at this point, but she gets uh, she gets dragged around a little bit. It's the river boat. It's supposed to be beat on. That's what river boats are for. It's That's a good paddle what it's rig. For. Yeah. yeah. You gotta have a paddle rig. Yeah. For you got sure. a paddle rig in your stable, Mike? Um, I actually do not anymore. I don't know. I my neighbor bought my uh my Moken twelve was my paddle rig and I loved that boat. And my neighbor was like he was renting kayaks all the time and he was like, dude, he goes, Do you have one I could buy, please? I'm like, 
I had that one for the longest I've ever had a kayak. I think I had it for three seasons. Um, and I was right. like, man, this one's like, it looks like it was chewed on. I'm like, this mm-hmm. one is like, especially like, you know how it is your paddle kayak when you have all pedal drives, mm-hmm. your paddle one's the one that you beat the living crap out of. Like that's the one oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, cause you take it in places where you can't take a pedal drive. So like, it's going to get beat up. So yeah. I told him, I was like, Hey man, like he's a big dude too. I'm like, Hey, it floats. There's no holes in it. There's some gouges that are pretty deep. I'll go through with the heat gun. I'll seal everything. I'm like, it's a, it's a beast. I said, but if you ever sell it, I'll buy it back off you. I'm like exactly what you paid for it. I'm like, just mm-hmm. that's all I ask. Cause that's, that's like my baby. I'm like, but I don't really use it anymore. So I'm okay with it. So I gave it to him for really, really, really cheap. Um, with the hopes that he'll honor that and sell it back to me for the same price whenever he wants to, if he ever wants to get rid of it. But he, he I mean, I see that thing thrown on his backyard all the time mm-hmm. and I'm I cringe and I'm like, ah, I never leave my kayaks outside either ever. My kayaks are always stored indoors um, or yeah. in my enclosed trailer. So like even leaving a kayak outside, like really makes me uncomfortable. So I, I don't even. Yeah. yeah. And Hey, these days you gotta, when they're your tools for work, you've, you kind of want to have them the next day too. <laughs> so yeah. It's nice to have them stored up and out of the way. Um, well, totally natural segue here, but I want to mention, um, Yes, really back cool to here. you. Oh. We've been talking about Bill. Let's let's get to you. <laughs> hey, Bill's way cooler <laughs> than me. <laughs> um, so, uh, a year ago in March 2023, so almost a year ago, um, I did probably the coolest thing I've ever done in my life, my, my most proudest moment. Um, and I wrote my first children's book. It's something I wanted to do for so long, and I wanted to make a children's book that was kind of like my TV show, but more of like the kids version of my TV show, but I want it to be the mm-hmm. same message, the same mission statement, like the same feel of my show. Cause I have a huge kid audience for my show too. Um, so I came up with this book. I think I mentioned this last time too, when we, when we were on here, um, but it's called the adventures of Seth Squatch. And mm-hmm. it's all about a Sasquatch that was in the woods and always afraid of humans or anyone different than him. Um, and then one day a human came back in a paddle kayak um, that happened to be the same color as mine too, and came back in the woods and ended up meeting the Sasquatch. And they were like, holy crap, a human, like, holy crap, a Sasquatch. Um, and then he's like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, I'm back here fishing because I have a kayak so I can get back in the woods where no one else can go, like where the Sasquatches are hiding. Um, so he learns how to fish, catches the first Sasquatch-sized bass he's ever seen. So they called it a bass squatch naturally. And then the fisherman gave him a nickname and said, hey, let's call you the Basquatch Hunter from now on. And now you can go out and see what we've been missing all this time by hiding in the woods. And you can teach other people how to fish and you can let them know how you got the nickname, the Basquatch Hunter. Um, So then every single day, Seth, our character, Seth, leaves the woods and wants to meet a new human, learn some new things and then teach them how we got the nickname, the Basquatch Hunter. So in the first book, which this one just came out like a month or so ago. Um, this is the adventure of Seth Squatch, the race car driver. So in our first episode I ever did of my show, um, with the current format, uh, we filmed with the rookie of the year NASCAR driver and I learned how to race cars and I got to go to the race and got to like, learn like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. And then I got to teach him how to fish out of a kayak for his first time. And that's kind of what inspired the show trajectory that we went on. And it also is what the books are all based on. So every book is based off a real experience, a real guest, a real thing that I learned and a real thing that I taught. Um, And it's really, really cool. So this one, he meets a race car driver. Um, And this is a super cool story because it's not just about learning how to race cars. It's also learning how to stay focused and not be distracted and be determined and how to work hard. Um, how to have fun, how to learn something that someone else is passionate about, 
um, and then how to have a blast doing it, as you can see. But also he teaches them how to catch fish. One of my favorite images that my illustrator did. Um, I got to show you this because I know you guys will appreciate this too. Um, he was fishing near lily pads because what he learned was that fish like to hide where lily pads are because of structure. But look at that frog right there. That frog makes me laugh every time. No idea why he drew it like that. But like, like the fish is cool. Like a huge bass is awesome. Obviously, that frog gets me every time. The frog is great. Dude, it's it's every time I read this book to like kids or anything, I start laughing before I finish that page. Um, but it's such a cool story. Um, and then in every book, there's a journal entry that Seth writes, um, and then there's a, a map of where they fished. Um, and it's also our board game that'll be coming out again this year. We're going to re-release it this year. Then there's a journal for the kids to write about their own adventures and then a coloring mm -hmm. page that tells you what the next book is about, um, which I am actually literally writing right now. I was working on it today. Um, the third book, he meets a comedian and learns how to tell jokes and learns how to make things um, that might be sad or tough, learns how to make them funny and learns how laughter kind of cures a lot of things. Um, so he learns how to tell jokes and learns, you know, all this cool stuff then he teaches the comedian how to fish for his first time too so those books are all available at sethsquatch.com i'll put it in the uh, comments right here um but it's yeah. seth-squatch.com and that's where you can find a lot of our merch and stuff for the books um oh won't let me type a link um i got you but it's seth-squatch.com and for those of you that have not checked out the books, um, I highly recommend it. Uh, we actually purchased the first one, and my wife, have, my wife and I have both read the book, and it's amazing. Yeah, you've done the attention, the attention to detail in the books is phenomenal. I, I got to give you credit on that. Firsthand, the board games, the just everything about the book, the stickers, all of it is just the picture. It's just, dude, you have paid so much attention to detail and the interaction that a child will have with that book is truly amazing. So props to you on that. It is it is a phenomenal piece of work. Thank you very much. And and that's that means a whole lot to me because that's. I read to over a thousand kids in 2023 um, with the first book. And my biggest thing that I took away from that besides, um, I don't know, do I have them out here still? Um, I had a... Oh, right here. Yes, besides, besides the ridiculous amount of like, thank you notes that I get from these kids, which is like the coolest thing in the world. Um, like tell, they don't, they tell me what their favorite part of the books were and they draw a little, pictures of Seth and stuff. Um, most of the feedback I get is how they learn not to be afraid of people that are, that are different than them. They learn mm -hmm. that maybe they should share what they're passionate about with their friends. Uh, maybe they should try new things. Um, all the, all this feedback is just absolutely amazing because that was the whole goal of these books. It's kind of the goal of my TV show too. It's just, I want people to get out and try new things. And I'm so passionate about that is just get out of your comfort zone, try something new. If you're, you know, if you're depressed or if you're down or you're going through a struggle, like we all have battles and struggles every single day, the best way to take on anything. If you think about it in a, vis in a visual form, if you're driving on the freeway and there's a big barricade in front of you, like a big obstacle, the biggest thing, the best thing you could do, the most, you know, 
rewarding thing you could do is find a way around it, not ram into it 75,000 times. Um, it's find a way around it and then keep on moving. And that's it. Um, so in the books, we, we, I've noticed a lot of these kids, like the interact page. And I've noticed a lot of these kids afterwards will come up to me or they'll write me letters or the teachers will tell me that the biggest thing they took away was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be afraid of this or that, or, you know, maybe I should learn this. And I'm like, you know what? You have no idea. Like that, that message that you learned, you might think is meaningless right now, but in 10 years, when you have like a real obstacle, when you're a teenager and you have like these real obstacles, these real struggles, if you can remember that, if one person out of a thousand kids that I read to remembers that, hey, I can just go around to this and it's okay. Like I can try new things because I remember Seth tried something new and he was scared of humans his whole life. And look what it did to him. Now he's got all these adventures and he's got the whole thing. You know what I mean? And it's kind of the same thing I did. Like not to get too preachy on here, but it's the same on. thing I did. Like I was in a huge dark spot of my life <laughs> and I literally quit my job with $500, my savings account and no plan whatsoever and i chased this career and i and i said give me a year and if i can't find a way to make any money doing this if i can't find a way to just to get a paycheck in this industry in one year then i'll go back to my day job and i'll put my tail between my legs and you know what it is what it is and within eight months i was i was making money not much but i was getting paid monthly um and i i found all these different avenues and all these different things and it's just it's so important that like people know that there's there's ways out of those dark holes. It takes a little teeny bit of light to, to get out of the darkness. You know, darkness only exists if there's zero light. So a little teeny bit of light, a little teeny bit of hope, a little teeny bit of, of direction can get you out of the most craziest things in your head sometimes. Um, and that's what my career has done for me. And that's what I hope by sharing everyone else's career in my, in my show, whether it's an Olympic athlete or a dairy farmer or the penguin, the zoo who her passion has been penguins her whole life. Um, you know, showing off those careers and letting people know that you can make a change. You can chase your dreams. You can do what makes you happy. You can get around that obstacle. Um, you can meet new people that are different than you. You can try new things. Like all those messages are all so ingrained in these books and my show and everything I do on my branding. And uh, I, I, like I said, if one person, one person out of, a, a, you know, 10 million and something impressions we have a year takes that advice and makes a change in our life. then I feel like that's what changing the world really is. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah, and I mean I couldn't. I, I think this past month and a half, just the thought process that you have and the thought process that Zach and I talk about our thoughts quite a bit, and you know, that's so. What you're telling people is so huge. It there is light, and <clears throat> sometimes you got to take a little bit of a leap of faith, and it is hard. It is hard. Oh, yeah. Scary. But if you yeah, but I think if you you know you start surrounding yourself with the right group of people, that like tonight, I hope I hope that somebody out there that's listening to this is feeding off of your creativity. I think that's one of the things Zach and I have kind of been talking about a little bit, just feeding off of your passion, your creativity, and I hope they walk away inspired from that. And that's that's exactly why. Zach and I wanted to do this podcast in this format. Yeah. Mike, you fish out of a feel free. I fish. This is a Jackson channel. We yeah. don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care either. It, They're all different like, vehicles that all, that all get us to where we yeah, want to go. It, it's right. But your story is epic. And 
you know, the least that we can do is, as brands and collaboratives is, is come together and share those impressive moments because it, it takes us all at a point and just fires us up to be together. And no matter how you do it, um, as long as you're out there and inspired, I think that's a, that's a big thing, man. And if you inspire, if we inspire one person with these podcasts, I think then, you know, we've done something great. Absolutely. And I, and I always say that trying to change the world is probably one of the most intimidating things to think about, but changing your world around you is something that's so easy. Like it's, it sounds like, it sounds weird, but like you can go pay for someone's coffee tomorrow morning and it could change their entire outlook on life. And it could make them pay for the person behind them who's having the worst day they've ever had and contemplating something really, you know, scary that day. And it mm-hmm. could change their whole path. Like you can make little changes in your little world so easily that when you think about making an impact on the whole world, it doesn't seem so scary anymore. You just got to keep doing it for a very long time and it spreads. And it just, you know, I, I always say that you can make a, a big ripple with a little rock. Um, mm-hmm. And that's literally what I live by. I mean, I do pay it forward stuff like multiple times a week, like all year long. Um, and it's, it's surprising me when I see someone like overreact as like, not really overreact, but like react way more dramatically than I would expect for something small that I would see as small. Like, Hey, I paid for your coffee at Starbucks. That's five bucks. Like not a big deal, buddy. Like, but people have cried because of it. And it's like, man, you must've been going through something. Like, you know what I mean? Like you must've had something else because it wasn't the coffee. Um, and there's times like during my 12 days of Fishmas where I, you know, pay for people's food at a restaurant, like the whole entire restaurant mm-hmm. or go to Walmart, pay for everyone's groceries. There's times where people break down to me after those things. And I'm just like, man, if you only knew how easy it was for me to do this, because I look forward to this every year. Like, this is mm-hmm. easy for me. But mm-hmm. like what it did to you was not easy. Like what it did to you was it caused you to break down and to a perfect stranger and I've had people cry on my shoulders and just, I had a guy when I was doing a gas station one and during my fish giveaways, I had a guy that sat there for about an hour telling me his story, his life story about how he was in jail and how his family disowned him. And like, it was like this crazy, like, like I wish I could have recorded it just so I could have wrote a book about it or something like this dude's, but, and he just like confessed his life story. And I just, I'm like, yeah, I just paid for your gas, bro. Like everything's cool. Like, but like it hit him in a spot where he just felt compelled to let me know how hard his life has been for 60 something years and how nobody has been there for him, his family, his friends or anything. So it's like, when I left there, I was like, man, like paying for paying for his tank of gas wasn't that big of a deal to me, but that made that much of an impact where that dude just reflected on 60 something years of his life. You know what I mean? Like you never know what people are going through on the other side. No. And we can do so much with so little. And and that's, what's cool about like having, like, I love coming on your podcast. Cause I, I love that you guys let me just like go off on the stuff, which is awesome. Uh, but like, but like every platform has an opportunity to make an impact and some people don't use it correctly. And some people abuse it, whatever. But like, I love coming on your guys' podcast because we get to actually like, you know, I feel like, you know, it's my second time on here and I feel like I get a little bit preachy sometimes, but I feel like there's one person that it impacts. I don't know who, but I know someone, yeah. someone hears it and it might spark them to maybe they just repeat it to somebody else that needs to hear it. It doesn't matter, but eventually it makes an impact. And that's such a cool thought, you know, to think that like we fish out of plastic boats, you know what I mean? <laughs> like oh, yeah. at the end of the day, like my, my career is just my vehicle to have a platform. That's all it is. Like mm-hmm. fishing is not like my biggest thing in the world. Like 
you know, I've bowl, I've been on bowling leagues for 12 years and, you know, like I don't have bowling stuff all over my house. You know what I mean? Like I, I've right. played hockey for 36 seasons in a row you don't, I'm not making a career out of hockey. Like fishing was just my vehicle to have a platform to make a difference and to do what hmm. I want to do. And that's why I preach in my show. Like, it's not about me. It's not about my guests. It's, it's the fact that I followed my dreams to do what I want to do to be happy. My guest, whether they're an athlete or a dairy farmer or a country singer or whatever they are, they follow their dream to be happy too. And everyone's so different, but guess what? We all have one thing in common. We took that leap. We took that risk. We took that chance. And now we have peace. Like now we have the ability to make impacts on other people's lives because we followed our dreams. We're not miserable at an office job, making no impact. We're going out doing things. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not hard yeah. to do. And you can do it at any age. I did it in my thirties. Like you can do it at any age, any time of your life. It doesn't matter. You just got to take that risk to invest in yourself and just really realize that, you know, what you're doing it for. And if you just never lose sight of that, you can't fail. Like you can't. Like I could lose my show tomorrow. I could lose everything I have and I can still follow that same path to make impacts in people's lives. I'll just find another way to do it. You know? So like, it'll come, it'll come right back. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Now 2024 shows like as far as airings and stuff like that, have you guys started airing your 2024 season? Um, no. Um, I have my schedule. Uh, we start airing and I should, I, I don't have us memorized only because um, so discovery channel and pursuit channels are two cable outlets. We air on our two main platforms mm-hmm. and they're two completely different schedules um, because discovery channel has this thing. They call it shark week, but it's really shark month and a half. Um, oh yeah. yeah. So it, it used to be a week uh, when I was a kid. I remember it was a week. Um, <laughs> Now it's, it's literally six weeks. And when they do shark month, they, they don't do any other programming. Um, yeah. So my daughter, my daughter loves shark month. Oh my God. I do too. <laughs> and, and you know, what's crazy about shark month is they film that a year to two years in advance. Yeah. So it's nuts. Like it's Absolutely such a nuts. big deal. It's such a big, um, all right. So I have, Oh, here's pursuit. So for pursuit channel, we air, uh, Saturday at 7.30 p.m., which is we've always aired that day. That's our main anchor slot. Um, then we repeat air uh, Monday at 3.30 p.m., Wednesday at 9 a.m., and Friday at 2 p.m. Um, and we start airing uh, April, the first week of April. Um, and then we go to September. Um, on Pursuit or uh, Discovery Channel, we start in May. Um, but then we take six weeks off of airtime for Shark Month, and that's what I'm trying to find, and I don't see... That schedule, because that schedule is tricky, because that one's really hard for me to remember because we take six weeks. I know it starts in May. Um, We air on Saturday mornings um, and it starts in May, um, but then it takes a six week break and we air till November. Um, But we air Saturday mornings, which uh, was kind of, uh, as we talked about earlier, was kind of um, a meaningful airtime for me because I wanted to kind of air on Saturday mornings when I used to watch Bill dance on Saturday mornings. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I don't have it right in front of me so i'll have to i'll have to find that but it is on the website it's on basquatchhunter.com um i did put it on there as soon as that popped up um nope it's not there either i don't Um, know about i I don't know about pursuit but is discovery uploading either of their streaming platforms either through max or the discovery app yeah so pursuit channel airs on pursuit up as well um 90 days after airs on cable so you can get pursuit up as free on your phones tvs everywhere roku um 
everywhere. Samsung Plus. Um, yeah, Samsung Plus TV or Samsung TV Plus. Actually, it's called a fast channel, which I didn't know any of this stuff until mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. If you have a Samsung smart TV or a Vizio smart TV, you automatically have the pursuit channel for free um, yeah. on their home screen of apps. There's like their own little cable thing um, and pursuit channels free. So it's really cool. You can watch it on there live or on the app and uh, record it. Now, Discovery Channel is a whole lot different. So they um, Discovery Go is a free app. Mm -hmm. and we air on there, I think, 60 days after it airs live on cable. And then this year, um, which is kind of a big announcement, um, we are the first bass fishing show in history to air on a mainstream streaming platform. We're on Discovery Plus, um, which is nice. huge for us. Um, we're the first kayak fishing show in history to be on there as well. So um, it was a really big deal. We're actually the first bass fishing, kayak fishing show to be on Discovery Channel at all. We're the first kayak fishing show to be on Discovery Plus, and we're the first fishing show um, to have an Emmy nomination that we got this year as well. Um, so we're trying to keep on breaking some barriers here and opening doors so behind us we can kind of welcome more. Um, I'm hoping that there's a crap load of kayak fishing shows on all these platforms and getting Emmy nominations and winning Emmys. Hopefully we just submitted to the Emmys yesterday. Um, and um, I submitted. So the, the Emmys are weird, just like the, the Oscars and the Grammys and all the, all the awards you submit to them, then judges all over the world go through to see if you are worthy of a nomination even. And then if you get nominated, you get to go to it and then hopefully you win. Um, so last year we got nominated, which was awesome. We got to go to the Emmys. It was so cool. Um, this year we submitted, um, I submitted as a host and as the show. So knock on wood here, hopefully I have to go to the Emmys this year. Um, but anyway, so discovery plus we don't know when we start airing yet on there because it's brand new. This is like a brand. They've never aired fishing shows like this. They've never, this is something so new for them. So as far as I know, um, it'll air um, 30 days and I, I'm not positive on this yet. This is what they've told us so far. 30 days after it airs on cable, it'll be on Discovery Plus. Um, since Discovery Plus is not a free platform, it's subscription-based, um, it'll be on there forever. Right. So you can, you can binge the whole season. Um, you can It'll just be on there. Um, so, And Discover, or Pursuit Up also has our last three seasons as well. So you can go through and kind of binge if you want. But Discovery Plus is such a big platform. It won't be on Max. So Max and Discovery um, Plus merged because Disney owns Discovery and Disney bought max right. um but they only merged their primetime content like naked and afraid and all that stuff mm -hmm. um so all the shows that aren't owned like i don't, discovery channel doesn't own my show they didn't buy my show i didn't sell my show i refuse to sell my show um so they don't own my content they don't own my show so they can't merge it with all the other stuff so it won't be on max um, which i'm totally okay with obviously um right. it'll be on discovery plus though but we also air on um also air tell me i have this page. so we air on all these platforms um so we air like literally on any cable platform you can think of there's a version of our show either on discovery or pursuit or pursuit up or discovery go or something um so we air all over the place um so and then obviously we park everything on youtube um because youtube is like the if someone doesn't have streaming doesn't have cable doesn't have anything I'm assuming there's YouTube around at least. So we put everything on YouTube after it's on cable and everything. Right. No, that's you awesome. You can head over to the Basquatch YouTube channel and there is a, there's a good group of stuff on there. Yeah. I found out that I only posted 42 videos in all of 2023 and 
everyone always asks me like a lot of kids especially like how come you don't have more youtube subscribers i'm like I know why now I'm like, I posted 42 videos out of 365 days. And that's not how you get on the good side of the algorithm on YouTube. I'm like, I don't no. do social media enough. I do Facebook a lot. Um, I do Instagram a lot. I don't do anything else. Um, I, my TikTok is terrible. Um, my Twitter is terrible. Um, like I'm, I'm really bad at that stuff. So we actually, uh, um, a couple big things that happened in the last month, actually, or a few months here that I haven't really publicly talked about yet. Um, so I started my own production company. Um, Basquatch Productions is my new production company. I started that last year, actually. Um, or sorry, a little over a year ago now. So started in 2022. But now that is who owns my show. And um, I hired a whole new crew. Um, we just hired five new people last month, actually, too, to add to the crew. So I hired people for social media and content. So coming into 20. 24 we'll actually have like every episode we'll have a trailer we'll have teasers we'll have a whole group of social media clips out of it it'll be done right so i'll actually be able to have the content to post now because i do so many jobs myself that i haven't had time to focus on those things and i know i've been lacking and people want that content people love the blooper reels i started posting a few but i haven't had time to do them all um so now i have someone that i hired specifically doing blooper reels and doing the outtakes and doing all that stuff um because Again, as I mentioned earlier, I'm really heavily inspired by Bill Dance and the impact he made on me. Um, so I will have blooper reels out because there's so many of them in fishing. Trust me, there's so many. Most of my oh, guests, most of my guests hold their fishing reels upside down, um, and I love that we capture that on camera because it's such a meme in fishing um, to mm -hmm. have like, like or reeling the rod or the bait all the way to the to the first islet. Like all the things that we oh, make yeah. fun of as fishermen like when you teach people that have never held a fishing pole, like I've had, I've had guests catch pike before that reel the pike all the way to the front island of the rod <laughs> and the pike's biting the rod and they lift it up and try and just hold it up in the air. Cause they don't know what to do. Mm. Um, and never has a rod broken doing that, which is amazing or has a line, yes, broken. It but it, but it's one of the funniest things to look at as a fisherman, because I'm like, man, that's funny, but wait till I go in your world and I have to try to do what you do. And I'm going to look just as dumb, if not dumber, like the figure skaters, when I took them fishing last year or two years ago, I laughed at them because we went ice fishing. And to me, ice fishing is so boring. Like mm -hmm. I'm, it's just, you don't move. And they were like freaking out about fish, about bluegill, you know? And I was like, geez, man, this, this is hilarious. Ha ha. Well, then I went in their world and I'm trying to like do like ballet stretches with them. And I, by the time we're done doing warm ups before we even put skates on, I was pouring sweat. I was sore. I was tired. And I was like, I'm like, this is like embarrassing. Like this is like, and then we put on figure skates. Now I've played hockey for 36 years. I'm a pretty darn good skater. Um, figure skates are not hockey skates. And man, did I fall so many times and I had to lift this girl up in the air and try to do like this crazy stuff. And I was so scared of dropping her that like I hurt myself so bad so many times. And I was like, all right, I get it now. And that's kind of like, and that was one of the episodes that like kind of smacked me in the face where I'm like, it's not funny to make fun of people who can't fish because I can't do what they what they do either. <laughs> so our bloopers, our bloopers are funny because a lot of them are kind of making fun of ourselves. Like a lot of them are like, you know, if I bird's nest in an episode, I hope we get it on camera um, because I want to show people like I do it too. Like I fish all oh, yeah. the time. I bird's nest all the time. Still I cast and hook something behind me or hook my jacket all the time. Like I do dumb stuff. I just, I do the same things that everyone else does, but I do it more frequently because I do it more. So like I do stupid stuff all the time. And it is so funny to me how many mistakes I make, but I want to share those with everybody because 
it's normal. Like, and I, I film on public mm-hmm. water for a reason. So if we skunk, we skunk, like I want everyone to, to watch my show and be like, Hey, if I went fishing for the first time, that's a realistic expectation of what it would be like. Um, and then if I want to try working at a dairy farm for the first time, that's a realistic expectation because it's my first time doing it and it's, I did terrible at it. Um, and I was scared of cows. I didn't know I was scared of cows until you stand next to a 1200 pound cow and realize they're like huge animals. And when they hit you or bump into you, they don't know you're there. So it's like people like, and I actually found out the stat the day we filmed more people die from cows than they do from car accidents in some States. Like, that's, I can the, see it. that's the weirdest stat in the world. And I was like, <laughs> it's gotta be Wisconsin, okay. right? I, I don't know. I don't, but the dairy farmer told me this and I was like, Oh, cows kill people. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. He goes, Oh yeah. He goes, cause they don't know you're there. Like they're so big and powerful. They'll trample you and they don't know it. They'll fall on you and kill you. And you won't even, they won't even know you're there. Mm-hmm. They don't kill you. And I was like, well, and we're jumping in this pen with 55 of these cows. You're about to tell, like, this is great. This is awesome. And it's true. Like they turn their heads and it lifts you off your feet. Like, like it's like it's like it's the weirdest thing but either way like that's what we do in our show is is we teach people how to do stuff that they've never done and then i have to learn how to do what they what they do that i've never done just to show everybody how cool it is to try new things and that you, you shouldn't be scared of it because i can fail at it or i can do great at it uh, and or that this person could be a natural at fishing the first time or they could be terrible and never want to do it again but we all tried something that someone else is passionate about and that's the important part of it yeah from both of us, I think we want to first off wish you congratulations on your new production company. That's huge. Yeah. yeah, thank you. That was a huge step for me because now I'm also able to help other people. I'm starting some other TV shows. Um, I have some friends that wanted their own TV shows and they have great platforms and they have great ideas. And now I have a crew and I have the ability to be able to use my connections and use what I've learned and say, all right, let's. Let's do a pilot. Let's do a sizzle reel. Let's get all the stuff together and let's put a media kit together and let's pitch it and let's see if we can build it up and let's start a show and, you know, just keep on going. We got a couple irons in the fire right now. And, and who knows, maybe, you know, Basquatch Productions will have, you know, 10 or 15 TV shows that we help launch and help get them to where they want to be. And, you know, they can go their own way or do whatever. But, um, you know, not only that, but also I have uh, Cedar Tree Media, which is my publishing for my books because um, I'm self-published. So um, I'm also been coaching a few people on writing children's books as well because I'm learning a whole lot as I go. And um, if I can pass it on and help someone else do it, then awesome. Um, so the last like 12 months has been one of those things where I'm really focusing on upward growth. And like I mentioned earlier, that eight legs of spider marketing kind of thing, I'm putting as many legs out there as I can because I want to make an impact and I want to help people build them up. And, and I've always said this joke too, where, uh, you know, climbing Mount Everest is cool, but nobody does it by themselves. Like you don't want to go up to the top of a mountain right. by yourself. You want to have a party. You want to bring everybody with you and celebrate. So I want to do the same thing. If I climb a mountain, I'm bringing anybody who wants to, if, if you have enough ambition to make that climb and not give up then we're going to party together on the top and, and if i have to pave the way fine if i have awesome. to use resources fine but i want to bring everybody up with me that's Absolutely. an awesome way to look at it I, I wish more people looked at it that way and i know zach does too yeah well in zach in your industry man there's i mean if i i thought people were bad in the outdoor industry but I, i've been working <laughs> in the firearm industry a whole lot um and man like <laughs> That's a different world. When you get into the hunting world, um, it's not the same as fishing. Like kayak fishermen, I feel like are some of the, it's like hockey 
key players. Some of the nicest people. Like, I mean, yeah, there's some bad apples mm-hmm. everywhere, but like, it's hard to like, you know, I could travel to any state and just be like, oh, there's a kayak fishing tournament going on. I'm going to show up and just say hi to everyone. And everyone's pretty cool. You can't do that in the hunting world the same way. <laughs> like, like people aren't as welcoming. I've learned it. And, and I've, I've worked with some of the biggest gun manufacturers out there doing video work for them. And I, I've done mm-hmm. uh, like photo shoots with them and stuff and um, gun reviews and stuff like that. And man, like I'm trying to help some people right now in the gun industry and firearm industry right now with, uh, you know, doing some TV stuff. And uh, they work a lot differently. And yeah, way. I haven't. Like, I feel kind I of bad for that. I haven't broke into the firearm side yet. Um, is something I would like to do as far as media creation work wise, but as far as the archery side goes, like they're, I mean, they're it's just, salty. They're, yeah, yeah, it's, it's real similar to the kayak side. It's just for the most part, just salt to the earth. Good dudes. You just want to go shoot their bow. So okay. uh, you, I, I just feel like you pretty hunting, much, it wasn't really necessarily like bows versus guns. It was more of like yeah. the hunting world. People are very like, they don't want to share anything. There's a lot of gatekeepers like, like it depends on what you're asking for. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> if true. You're asking too, that's for their, true. If you're asking for their hunting spot, they're not going to give that up. But <laughs> yeah, for the for the for the most part, just about everybody will help. You know, mm-hmm. with shooting technique or sure. yeah, 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 just gear questions or or things like that in general. But uh, yeah, there's like you said, there's there's bad apples in every group. Yep, definitely. But, but I think it's cool that there's still that core, like even people at the top of like archery, even like if you look at like Cameron mm-hmm. Haynes and you look at like, you know, mm-hmm. some of the bigger names, like they actually reach out to people and help them a lot. Like there's a lot oh, of yeah. like, there's a lot of like uplifting in the community, which is cool. I've just seen a lot of like, a lot of the brands don't work together like they do in the fishing world. Um, yeah. They don't, they, they're very, they're very competitive and they're very, they keep that competitive mm-hmm. wall up where in the fishing world, you'll see like a feel free guy on a Jackson podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't feel like, I don't feel like you see that a lot. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen, at least you don't see that a lot in the hunting world where they're like, they're willing to cross promote and willing to be like, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no competition in the, in the kayak world that I see. Like when you look at the people, like when I was told we were doing that panel with like me, um, and I, I guess I looked up his name, me, Drew Gregory, Gene Jensen, and someone else. And I, and I'm, I, uh, Alex Rudd. Um, okay. Yeah. I couldn't believe I couldn't think of his name earlier. So, um, and great dude too, man. And, and all four of us are so different in the industry, but we're not competitors in any way whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's no, there's no competition. Like, you know what I mean? Like we all have different things that we do and you know, at the end of the day, like, yeah, we all want to make a living in this industry, but at the same time, like there's no, we, none of us have feelings of being competitors. Like I've had personal conversations with everybody and there's no way that anyone is like intimidated by anyone. You know what I mean? Um, and I like mm-hmm. that about our industry. I feel like it's a very unique thing. When I was in the bass boat world, it definitely was not like that. Um, yeah. In the kayak world, it's definitely like that. And it, it, the hunting world, from the little bit that I've been involved in it, um, I've noticed that there are a lot of competitive walls up where, yeah. you know, a lot of these brands don't like, no, 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 you can't do this with that. Or you can't do that with this. Or you can't. I'm just like, whoa, man, like, why can't you both use each other's platforms? Like, it's just weird to me. You know, yeah. like, yeah. I, I'm like, I'm like spoiled with uh, like the kayak fishing industry where, or the fishing industry in general, I should say, where most people, the people in it at least are just like, yeah, like here's a bait, try this, you know, and throw mm-hmm. it to somebody. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so normal, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I don't know. It kind of depends, I think, but there's, there's definitely aspects of that, 
you know, in the industry. I, I definitely agree with that, but yeah, I think I'm an outsider in the industry too. So it's a lot different the way I look at it, I guess too. Yeah, no, for sure. Different perspective. Mm -hmm. We were just talking about the beginning of the podcast. I mean, this, this ATA show this year was my, I think my ninth. So been around it for a minute, but that's awesome. And you're, it's just like everything else. I think you're still, you know, you're still growing and making those new connections. It's, it's just like when, you know, you started out in fishing. I think it's just that <clears throat> those first steps of breaking into something different and new and, you know, just getting to know and meet the right people. And I think once you get there, you know, it all, it all works together. I'm lucky enough through Zach and some of it that I've got to meet people on both sides. And that's, that's kind of cool. Something that you don't get um, very very usually yeah Formally. definitely yeah i got lucky and i've been doing video work for a media company for geez probably like five or six years um and i i do all their gun review videos and stuff so i've gotten to work with you know ruger and springfield and colt oh, cool. and, you know just a colt video a couple days ago and um i've been in magazines for them and did all the stuff with them and like it, it's cool because once you get to know these people in the companies like the people are amazing mm -hmm. yeah. um like really cool people um and even all the smaller brands like the people are cool but the brands themselves i feel like have that weird competitive wall and yeah. and it's just maybe it's just the industry it's a bigger industry than the fishing world yeah. obviously and it's also a way more regulated industry and it's got more of a negative connotation to it than fishing does so like there's a lot more to it that you know i'm i do know and don't know so yeah i'm sure that's probably where that like that that wall I'm feeling is probably coming from is probably because there's a lot of like and there's a lot of proprietary stuff in firearms and and you know in that world I guess where there's not that in the fishing world you know what I mean like yeah there's it not could as be, much I mean, like yeah I mean with all the regulation and everything like you said it, it could be just the competition for market share in general is that much higher and maybe that's what drives a lot of it too I you know I don't know I've I've not been on the firearm side yet but that's that's an interesting look at it. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I, I, I don't want to keep on question. Yep, go ahead. I had a question that pop in my in my small brain while you were talking, and <laughs> it, and it's I got to ask it because you kind of said something. We're gonna see a Seth Squash cartoon. <laughs> you misspoke and you didn't think i caught it did you <laughs> so if you come to the indiana trade show um in mid-february um i'll be there both weekends and you come to the basquatch booth which is the coolest booth um by far at least i think so but i'm very biased um there is a tv screen there that will be playing a variation of a seth squatch cartoon um and we haven't talked about it publicly ever. Um, me and my, my buddy, who's my illustrator, my artist and everything. Um, but it's something that, so that's what I started with before I did the books, um, before we did the board games, um, it was the cartoon. Um, the cost of animation is what stopped that pretty quickly. Um, so we had, a, we had like a 60 second version made just to, just so we could see Seth in motion and kind of see like, how it looked. So we did a 60 second animation uh, or sorry, 90 second animation of our character, um, Seth. And it was about the board game. Um, and we're like, okay, let's just have a video of the board game and just see how that looks and stuff. Well, it looks amazing and it came out really, really good. And, um, we've, so when I mentioned, I started my production company, my first project with the production company was going to be the cartoon. Um, and it ended up, going in a wholly, totally different direction. So 
our plan in 2024 is to figure that out. Um, I do want to do a cartoon. We, there's a huge demand for it. Um, we're talking about doing like eight to 12 minute shorts um, because 21 minute cartoons aren't really where I want to be at. Um, 21 minutes is a full length. Like a, that's like a TV episode. Right. Um, so we're looking at like eight to 12 um, looking at shorts, which means two of them would air in one time slot if we air them on TV. Um, mm-hmm. So, which like a lot of like, you know, Paw Patrol does that sometimes like a lot of, yeah. a lot of, yeah. so uh, there, there is one in the works, but I think I want to finish. We have 13 books planned right now in the children's book series, oh, wow. we could, but we could do up to 47 of them because they're all based off real episodes of the show. And we've got about 47 episodes. So if we do a book for every episode, we could technically do 47, but I want to get the first 13 books done that we, we have on a list. And those 13 books will be the first 13 episodes because we can take these books once they're full finished products. Now we have, so for example, like this race car driver book, we now have images of like Seth being excited to drive a race car. And then we have Seth in a race car. Like we have all these images. You've got your board. Yeah. You've got your board ready to go. Exactly. So once the book is finished, we have a full colorized storyboard. And we also have the script because it's already written. Um, right. We also have, we also have the proof of concept because we know where kids react or don't react in the books from all the readings I do and all the events that I do. So <clears throat> my goal is to, um, so I always want to build a found like picture a pyramid. Um, anytime you build something, a pyramid, obviously, as you can see in nature, pyramids last forever. Um, they're they're a mm-hmm. completely completely. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Sound structures. Yeah, they're unaffected by the weather, by the natural mm-hmm. disasters, mm-hmm. by by even by man, by human. So you want to build a big base, a big foundation. And then before you get to the very tippy top, which the original pyramids before they were, you know, they were shiny and limestone and, you know, gold tips on and some of them. The, the fancy pretty part was the very last part. Um, and that's the part everyone sees. That's the highest point. So before there's a cartoon that everyone sees, I need to build this huge foundation first and I need to build the next level. And the next, I need to have like this crazy pyramid built before, because if the cartoon comes out now, for example, then <clears throat> I don't have that foundation built. So if it falls or fails or doesn't do as great as it's supposed to, there's nothing for it to fall back on. Mm-hmm. If I build a great foundation and just the tip is the issue, then there's, I still have this huge foundation already built. You know what I mean? So I'm going to try to get these books done. The books will be the storyboards. The books will be the script, everything. It'll make the animator's job a million times easier. It'll make it a million times less expensive for us too, because we already have the main images drawn after that. It's just mouth movements, arm movements and motion. Um, So there is a video. We do have it. It's actually on our YouTube channel as well. I just never shared it or promoted it. So I don't know. I don't know where it's at on there. Even I think I might've buried it in a playlist somewhere. Um, but it's our it's our promotional video for the board game, um, and that's the actual cartoon. It's exactly how the style we picked that we liked. It's 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 awesome. Um, so it is our goal, and they will be there eventually. Just like um, behind me, there's a prototype of the Seth stuffed mm-hmm. animal. Um, <laughs> so there, there's a whole, whole lot of stuff. Um, it's just, it's a lot. Um, I also have, uh, can I, before we end this, can I make an announcement that I have not said? I don't know. Have the floor, um, I have my button. There's something really cool <laughs> that 
I'm going to share on here, but I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, there's some details I have to leave out because I don't know if I'm allowed to, but I, I'm excited about it to the point where I just, I have to let it, it's like poison. I have to let it out. <laughs> uh, that. So I partnered up with a company, um, with my brand, with, with Seth and with Basquatch Hunter TV or Basquatch, I still say TV, Basquatch Hunter Fish Out of Water. Um, you will see a product with my logo on it, my website, um, and our character, Seth, on it, on the front of it. Um, in every single Walmart and Academy Outdoors and almost every party store, gas station, anybody that sells fishing bait, um, you will see this product. Um, three and a half million of these products are being made right now. Um uh-huh. And that's just one year's worth. It'll it'll recycle next year in 2025 as well. So um, every single Walmart location in the country, though, will have something. Um, I, that's, I wish I could say what it is, but I don't know if I'm allowed to yet because they're not out yet. But um, and, <laughs> and the idea. reason why the reason why that's so important is that anybody who who knows this book, which is not millions of people like all the Walmarts, but anyone who knows this character at all, they're going to see it and recognize it at any Walmart they go to in the whole country. The only place that won't be available is in Hawaii. It's the only, it's in 49 states except Hawaii. Um, so you will see it at every Academy Outdoors, every Walmart, every mom and pop bait shop that sells this specific item, which is most of them. Um, you will see our character, um, our Basquatch Hunter Fish Out of Water logo is on there as well with our website for the show. Um, my face was on there originally, but we removed it because I don't like my face on things. I like it to be like the brand mm-hmm. name kind of thing. I don't like... I don't like me to be attached to it. I like it to be like a, you know, anybody could be the host kind of thing. Um, Just just how I am. I just don't, I I don't know. I'm weird about it, but um, we'll be in a, it's a lot of stores. It's pretty amazing. Actually in 49 States, uh, three and a half million of these items um, per year for two years. um, And probably go further than that actually. So, um, but super excited about it. It's going to be more recognizable. People will see it and be like, Hey, I know that character. Or if they don't, they're going to go, Hey, look at that character. Then they're going to see the books afterwards or the cartoon or the stuffed animals or the, all the other gear we have coming out. Or, you know, there's all these other things that I'm integrating with it. Um, I'm actually also starting my charity this year, um, which we can do um, to start getting kids have the ability to follow their dreams and their passions. If they don't have the funding to go to music school, but they want to be a musician, then that's what my foundation is going to be for. Or if they want to be fishermen, but they don't have the access to a boat or they don't know anybody in the industry, then we're going to make meetings happen and make connections happen. And I actually had a music company back in the day that did this for musicians. I got them in front of producers. So they had the opportunity no matter who they were. And it was an awesome company. I loved that company. Um, and I met some amazing musicians from it too. Um, so this is kind of the same idea that I'm doing with my foundation where if a kid's like, I want to be a race car driver, but you know, I'm in a very low income family and I live in the middle of nowhere. We have no race cars or racetracks. Like how do I get into it? And it's like, well, here's a racing school that you can go to and here's the money to do it. And also here's a race car driver that's willing to, you know, sit down with you and talk to you. Like here's your door kind of thing. Um, but I feel like that's what stops people from from achieving or chasing their dreams is they don't know where to start or they don't have the means to start. Um, so yeah. that's also something in 2024 that's been on my bucket list to be able to do is have the foundation started. Um, and hopefully, hopefully I can start it big enough where we'll be able to make some pretty big impacts right away. Um, but, but it's gonna be a lot of fun, but this year is gonna be amazing. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun. We have so many big things going on. Um, and like I always say, these are all just launch pads, not destinations. So, you know, 
hopefully 2024 is a growth year where we can just launch to 2025 and so on and so forth. That's awesome, That's awesome man. So hour and 30 minutes. Yeah, sorry about that, me. man. I talk so much. No, dude. You're <laughs> good. We have, we're like, there's All part good. three. There's part three. We have to have you back for part three. <laughs> but I also want to invite you. Um, Zach's going to have some trips home. If we can connect right here on uh, national internet vision. Um, let's get together and go fishing, the three of us. Dude, I would love that. I would love that. I, Zach, uh, Zach will be back in our neighborhood, um, the Indianaville, um, sometime here before long. And um, if we can connect on it, and you're not filming an episode, uh, we might grab a weekend and uh, get together somewhere and uh, try to do a little fishing. Absolutely. You know, it's five hours from me to Indianapolis. So there's a lot of fishing between me and that, and that spot. So there's plenty of, plenty of spots. Or I have couches and mattresses too, so you guys are more than welcome to come up here and do. do Michigan don't sound bad. Some Michigan smallmouth never sound bad to us. You can promise (laughs) that. The lake behind my house is one of the better smallmouth fisheries in the area and and walleye. Um, But Lake St. Clair is only forty five minutes away too. So we make it happen. We're gonna make it happen. I think that's uh, let's knock that out this summer. Um, So as we like to do with the Orion podcast, we want you to kind of thank the people that you need to thank. Um, We want you to tell people where to find you on the socials in the TVs and the YouTubers and all the fun stuff. So just kind of go through that. Let everybody know how to, how to get more bass watching. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first thing um, I, I thank everybody who's been supporting uh, the industry as a whole. Um, I think that's what's been opening up opportunities for everyone, including myself. Um, so I don't need to thank individual brands or individual people. Um, just thank you to everyone who supported the show and my mission and, you know, uh, supported the industry as a whole. Cause that's, that's the most important thing. And it's free to like things and view things and share things. So things like this podcast, like just like it comment on it, share it. It's all you got to do. And that's how you can do the most, um, the most good for somebody that you want to support. So thank you to everyone who does those things and does the support stuff. Um, and then, uh, if you want to look up my stuff, go to basquatchhunter.com. Um, that's kind of like a, a catch all portal of everything. Um, or you can go to sethsquatch.com for the book, but that's also part of basquatchhunter.com. Um, and if you want to look up the show, it's all, there's links to it there as well. YouTube is there. If you Google the word Basquatch Hunter, all of my stuff comes up and interviews and all, everything comes up there too. So you can just Google it, make it easier and check it out. Um, but I really look forward to seeing some uh, feedback on YouTube from our new episodes. Our 2024 season is going to be absolutely amazing. It's the first season with my new crew, um, self-produced show. Um, I mean, it's this year is going to be absolutely incredible. And I will leak one thing really quick too. I've done episodes with a monster truck driver in Indiana. I got to drive a monster truck and drive over cars. We had kayaks on the cars too, which is pretty cool. Um, if you want to see what a monster truck does to a kayak, it's actually pretty surprising. Um, the cars didn't do as good as the kayaks did. Um, but um, did monster trucks. I got to work in the world's largest and um, most uh, successful penguin exhibit and feed penguins and film underwater with penguins and do all this cool stuff. Um, got to work in potato chip factories, the world's largest worm factory. Um, I got to do some cool stuff. The pyrotechnics for on the water fireworks displays. This season is going to be absolutely amazing. So definitely watch this season of the, um, Basquatch Hunter Fish Out of Water um, and check it out. And I cannot wait to hear feedback on YouTube from everybody and on socials. See you guys think. Yeah. and go pick up them books if you guys have got yeah. little kids um 
go pick yes. them up. I uh, I can't wait to get my hands on the second one. Mike, you, do you sign them all? Every single book that's ordered, I hand sign, but I don't sign it until it's ordered because um, a lot of times people will message me um, when they buy a book and I will ask them if they want to mail it out to somebody. So none of the books are pre-signed. Uh, if you order one, when you purchase online, you can make a note or you can message me privately on socials. If you want it made out to someone specific, then I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. But every single book is signed um, either way. If you don't message me or don't say anything at all, I just I write a little private message in there. Um, like, you know, go chase your dreams or your adventure starts today. Or I write a fun little message and I sign it and send it out. And every book also comes with a custom bookmark with all the character stickers on there as well. So the kid can use a bookmark. It also comes with a, um, a thank you card that I autograph as well. Cool. One of addicted yeah, anglers said it. Get on there and get one for the girls. Yeah, they're cool books. They're really cool. They the they, age rating is four to, is four to twelve, um, but that's just for reading on their own. So if you have right. an under four year old, it's a great book to read to them. The pictures are amazing, and they'll grow into it. These books are. I mean, as you know, since you have one, these books are made to last forever. We these are very expensive mm-hmm. books for us to make. Um, they're we used the thickest hardcover we could get. We used a um, hundred pound satin paper, so it doesn't stain if you spill something on it. And it doesn't rip easily at all. Uh, we made sure that these will last um, a long time. So you can get them for your younger kids, and they'll grow into them. And, and I promise they'll be one of their favorite books. And for most fishermen like me, you can still read it at your age. It's okay. Yeah, it's a great adult book. It, it sounds funny, a but like a, lot of a, a lot of teachers that have read it have bought them for themselves. And they're like, it's great. And I'm like, I wrote it for adults, but I wrote it in a way that kids could. Like, I, I'm writing the third book right now, and it's literally like, it's handwritten. Like I write them in pencil and everything first. And I write them as if I'm having a conversation. Like I don't dumb it down for kids. I'm not like, Oh, the itsy bitsy. Like I'm not like talking to kids. Like I talk, I, I'm writing it as I'm talking to a kid, like they're an adult. Um, right. But there's no, you know, I don't use big words or anything in it, but it's like, it's normal vernacular. Like if you know me personally and you read the book, you can literally hear it in my voice. It's normal vernacular the way I talk. Um, Cause I want it to be real. I want every part of this book. And there's a lot of personal things in this book. Like in the first book, there's a lot of little hidden things about my personal life. Um, some of the characters names, um, the dog is actually my real dog. Um, there's some of the things that he goes through, like getting picked on for being a smaller Sasquatch. Um, like there's a lot of really personal things in every one of these books too, that are kind of really important that I hope people re- can relate to. So big one up today, guys. Well, we appreciate you watching. Um, we can't wait to do part three with Mike. Uh, probably later this year, probably during a fishing trip. That's that's the goal. Um, be yeah, a lot of fun. As always, thank you guys for watching, and uh, we'll see you back here in two weeks. We're working on lining up our next big guest. So come on back, hang out with us at the Orion Podcast. We hope you find yourself inspired after listening to Mike's story and go pick up a book. And make sure you like and share this podcast. Comment on it. That's what yeah. helps everybody out. It's free. Help Mike out. Go to Mike's page. We're good. We're good. We're just here hanging out. We'll see you guys later. Thank you. Thank you. Later.